3: Welcome to episode seven of Frankly Speaking. I'm daily face-off hockey insider, Frank Saravalli, and this is our weekly one-on-one series with some of the biggest names in the hockey world. Today, we're going to be joined by Philadelphia Flyers winger, James Van Riemsdyk. But before, I need to tell you that, Frankly Speaking, is presented by ProLine Plus. Not just another sports book, ProLine Plus is the only sports book that gives 100% of its profits back to Ontario. ProLine has been your local trusted sportsbook for over 30 years. Now offering Ontario sports fans more ways to play in store online or take the game on the go with the ProLine app with your favorite sports and events right at your fingertips. Download the ProLine app and bet in app with ProLine Plus today, or head over to ProLinePlus.ca to learn more. That's right. We're going to be joined by James Van Riemsdyk the Philadelphia Flyers shortly. His name was one of the biggest in play at the NHL trade deadline to not move. We'll ask him about that. And part of the disappointment that comes and maybe some of the nerves that come with a day like that from a family perspective only to end up just unpacking your suitcase and going back to normal life. He's got 15 games left to play before becoming an unrestricted free agent for the second time in his career. He's played 925 games in the NHL is closing in on 300 career goals and six 100 career points. He broke into the NHL as the second overall pick back in 2007, his first year, 29 10 with the Flyers as a 20 year old, and has been one of the most consistent net front scorers in the NHL over these last 14 seasons. James Van Reemsdijk is a student of the game. So let's dive right into our conversation. James Van Riemsdyk got to ask you about the trade deadline right off the hop. So your bags are packed. I'm guessing you're sitting there. It's trade deadline day, Friday, March 3rd. You're wondering where you're going three o'clock comes and goes and you go nowhere. What was your reaction?
4: Yeah, based on, um, what I was hearing, definitely a little bit surprised, um, leading, leading up to that, obviously the things that you're hearing, you think you might have an idea of what happens, but, uh, obviously again, being around now long enough, sometimes you realize that for whatever reason, uh, things, uh, thing, thing you're not necessarily overly surprised, I guess. So you're always kind of, even though things look like they're heading a certain direction, you know, nothing's certain until it's done. So I think, uh, yeah, that, even though leading into that moment, uh, definitely thought I was going to probably be moved, uh, obviously again, uh, uh, what happened happened. And, um, yeah, that's kind of uh the, the it was an emotional roller coaster probably throw that because, uh, not knowing what's going to happen and not having much control over it or any control for that matter, um, it leads you kind of uh, I can for it to be a a relatively stressful day and uh, with the family and stuff like that. But uh, uh, obviously, it is what it is at, at that point, and uh, you move on and uh, you go from there.
3: You seem to be pretty zen about the whole thing, even leading up to the deadline, knowing that you know, again, you didn't really have much control, but take me inside what that's like from a family perspective, because, you know, the possibility is if you are going somewhere, you know, you're going and you're leaving behind your family for, I don't know, six weeks, 10 weeks, whatever it ends up being. However, long that run ends up being, what's that part of it like?
4: Yeah. You know what? I think, uh, like you said, there's lots of those other sort of factors at play. Like it's not just myself to worry about. It's my, my wife and my, uh, my two kids at home. So even leading up to it, like it got to a certain point, uh, even just talking, uh, with my agent, it was like, yeah, hey, you might want to get passports for your kids just in case something like that happens and you want them to come to be, be able to come visit you. So obviously some logistical stuff like that. And then, um, again, uprooting them, uh, they're, they're, they're really young still. So, uh, uh, obviously not, not much just in, in regards to like schools and stuff like that to have to try to set up or whatever. But, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, it definitely disrupts. Uh, their – would would have disrupted their routine, uh, uh for sure. And um, there's always that uh, aspect at play uh, in regards to our careers and stuff like that.
3: Mm-hmm. So there's 15 games left in the season. You stay with the Flyers now, and it's really sort of you know everyone knows after 925 games or whatever it is, you know the player that you are. But you have 15 more games left this season to state your final case before free agency. What's your goal? What do you hope to accomplish?
4: Yeah, I think uh, you, you said it. I think uh, in these situations, I think, um, again, everyone's got something to play for, even though, again, obviously we know what the playoff picture is looking like and where we sit in that regard with our team. But uh, even 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 in teams in our scenario, you have guys playing for contracts, um, you guys guys playing uh, for roles on your team and trying to chew off uh, – some uh some different situational stuff that you're trying to earn the coach's trust and things like that so there's lots of stuff still to play for in these uh scenarios and um uh again you try to again try to approach it the same way uh no matter what and just again put your best foot forward each day and uh come to the rank prepared to practice and uh, continue uh, trying to evolve your game continue to work at things to get better um and then put your best foot forward in the games and again like like i said everyone's got something to play for and um that's uh, kind of the way I try to approach it.
3: You mentioned the coach. So I I do want to ask about John Tortorella and a lot of people have lots of different thoughts. I know you like playing for him. What do you like most?
4: I would say just his uh, directness and openness. I think um, it's nice to kind of uh, know you can, and again, obviously I think as you get older in your career, you're more comfortable in these sorts of scenarios and settings, but it's nice to know that you can go kind of uh, talk to him and he'll, tell you good, good, bad or ugly, uh, how, how he feels and where he sees it. And, and there's a, a good dialogue and a healthy dialogue. I think that, uh, goes back and forth, uh, between the players. I think the worst thing as a player is kind of that gray area where you're not sure, uh, what's expected of you or, uh, where you stand in certain situations. So I think, uh, it makes things a little bit more clear. And, um, uh, again, just it's, it's healthy for any team dynamic, I think, to have some of those back and forth, uh, sort of uh conversations uh and again i think someone like tortsy seems to be someone who really uh wants to evolve and continually learn and uh things like that so uh it's it's good to have those sort of back and forth so with with someone like that who uh um seems to be open to uh, again taking in maybe a different point of view on a certain thing and you, you have that you have at it and then it's and then it's done and then you move on the next day and uh it's all good so i think um uh just having that sort of uh Um, environment. I've, I've enjoyed being a part of that.
3: How do you size up your season? I mean, I'm sure in a lot of ways it's frustrating. You played the last three years, didn't miss a single game and you sort of have a freak was a finger injury that the beginning of the year that kind of just derailed everything.
4: Yeah. You know, I, that's, again, I I take a lot of pride in how I kind of prepare myself to, to, to play and uh, be ready to go every single day, every single practice, things like that. I think the last uh, couple of years, I, haven't even missed a, a practice so uh to come into to this year and have something fluky like that happen I think again I was off to a good start the team was off to a good start um and then obviously you kind of lose some a little bit of momentum uh when something like that happens so uh, you try to get back into the swing of it uh and try to get back out there as uh, quickly as you can to try to help the team and stuff like that but obviously there's still a little bit of that uh, process of uh of um getting back into the swing of things and stuff like that in the middle of a season which is uh which is never easy. So um, yeah, obviously, uh, again, definitely not ideal to to miss that much time uh, in that part of the year and um, stuff like that, especially again, like I mentioned, take a lot of pride in being out there every practice, every game, things like that and being reliable um, in that sense. So it's definitely uh, was disappointing for something fluky like that to happen. Um, and then, yeah, again, obviously uh, as far as our team goes, uh, it's been kind of a little bit of a roller coaster at times, but I think uh, again, part of my job, being a, a veteran player here and someone who's been around for a while, is uh, just trying to have that uh, even keeled approach. Again, uh, there's going to be there's going to be tough some tough days, and there's going to be some good days, and you have to try to manage that uh, um, as best you can, and and kind of set an example for that. So whether the the game goes good, bad, whatever, you're out there the next day working at your game, working at things to get better at, working at things that can help you be more productive on the ice and things like that. So I've uh, kind of really um, taken to that role as far as really setting, uh, setting the tone in that way. And, um, just, uh, really doing whatever I can to, to be better every day and, um, put myself in a position to have success. And hopefully that, that sort of thing uh, starts to rub off, uh, on guys. And, uh, I think that's how you help, uh, develop a, a good, uh, good culture in that way.
3: So let's talk about how you take care of yourself, because that's, that's actually the thing I came into this wanting to know the most about, uh, we were supposed to do this interview a couple weeks ago before the trade deadline. And I won't hold it against you that you bailed on me, but you sent me a text to apologize. And you said, Hey, I'm I'm not feeling great today. You said my heart rate is normally 42. resting, And today I woke up and it's 92 or whatever it was.
4: So that's when I was a little sick that one day. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So how do you like, so I'm I'm guessing you're as an athlete, you're super in tune to your body, but what do you, you, I'm guessing that was something like an aura ring or a whoop band but or what do you use and and what's your recovery like? Like what's it take me through a day of uh, a practice day for James Van Riemsdyk?
4: Yeah. So um, I guess on a normal day, like like you kind of when you wake up every day, you, you see how you feel. And then you maybe look at something like that. your ordering and see what the numbers are saying to to kind of verify some of those things or see what some of those trends are. Um, and then for me now that, that the day starts a little bit earlier with the kids. So it used to be kind of roll out of bed, drive right over to practice, kind of leisurely, uh, sort of thing. But now it's, uh, up, up a few hours before I leave, uh, with the kids and getting them all, uh, fed and off to uh, daycare and off to the, into their routines before I, uh, to leave for the rink but uh, yeah as far as just my routine i think it's something that's kind of always evolving and someone who loves to to learn and uh kind of tinker with uh, different things that's gonna help make me a better player on the ice and uh, i think a lot of that goes with trying to maximize uh, how your body feels each day i think um the the better that you can hopefully have your your normal be and have that maintain maintain the consistency with that i think the more reliable and the more consistent you are in your game on the ice so i think i i take a lot of pride in just that whether it's my routine as far as uh warming up and getting ready for uh for each practice or stuff in the gym like that or whether it's soft tissue treatment um different kind of recovery modalities whatever it may be i mean uh, there's a lot of different things that kind of fall into into that uh, category but i love learning about different things that can help and um and and that sort of stuff and then um again when you get on the ice you want to it's fun when you get on the ice and you're feeling good, the game's a lot of fun. so I think uh, that's what that's what I want to try to keep it as where it's not a, a grind to, to get out there and you're like I, I don't know how I'm gonna feel going through a practice or a game. you you don't you don't take that for granted. I think I think you, you put a lot of work uh, and again, I've been exposed uh, to a lot of really smart people in that world and, and I've been able to learn from a lot of players um, in, in that regard uh, just kind of how they how they do that and stuff like that. So I think um, again, always trying to be a sponge. Um, and in that way, and I think, uh, it, it definitely helps you learn some things along the way. And I think again, a lot of the guys that have a lot of success for a long time, you, they tend to to leave clues and how they approach uh, what they do in their craft and things like that. And I think you'd uh, be crazy not to try to uh, to pick up a thing or two from them and see what works for you.
3: All right, I'm not asking you to give away any of your secrets, but you got to okay. give me something tangible. Like what is something that you've added to your routine in the last couple of years that you find, really beneficial or you really enjoy doing in terms of recovery
4: really enjoy doing well sometimes like sometimes different things can be a little bit tedious um but i think, an example uh well just like certain different like movement practices that you can do like some are um this one that i that i like to do it's called uh it's this it's it's called feldenkrais is the practice and it's a lot of uh sort of, uh, very small, subtle movements. It's kind of hard to explain, but there's a table work version of it. There's a floor work version of it. Um, and going through that, I find really, uh, helps my, my body really be calibrated in the right way, if that makes sense. So, so I'd say that's one that I, that I've liked that that's more recent, um, that I've started to get, get onto. And then, uh, just the, the sauna, um, cold exposure stuff. That's another one that I think recently is I've, uh, that, that's been really helpful as far as our uh, recovery and uh, uh, stuff like that. And again, stuff like the cold tub, it's meant for kind of training your sort of your mental fortitude and mental strength. There's nothing quite like staring at that at 40 degrees uh, to start your day every day and your off season uh, like that. So you feel like you kind of accomplish something uh, each and every day. It's like those little uh, victories every day, but, uh, but yeah, stuff like that, I, I would say for, um more recent stuff that I've started to do more of like I would say that stuff uh I like
3: so are you one of those guys that can could you gear down in between periods like Patty Marlow and get in the cold tub or no not, he was not
4: quite it, it, it takes my I like my equipment just right so like I'm I'm a very yeah. slow uh methodical uh uh when I get dressed and how I tie my skates and things like that so I, I could never when I saw him doing that it was just just how fat I think he would come in like we go out for warm-up obviously like 16 or whatever uh minutes on the on the game clock every time i think he'd come in at like 20 or 21 and i'd be in there since probably close to 40 on the clock getting dressed like getting everything just right and he'd come in get it like again like i mentioned before like different things work for different people and uh that's that's great so uh but yeah his uh his routine was pretty impressive uh to see and obviously again for 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 uh, some of the the things he's been able to accomplish uh, over the course of his long career, uh, it's pretty impressive to to see. Uh, again, he's got that same sort of mindset as far as tinkering with things and trying different things, and and uh, a process that he goes by to uh, to prepare himself uh, for each and every day. So I had a lot of respect for uh, for what he did.
3: So you mentioned that you're pretty specific in your routine and methodical is is it is any of that superstition or is it just preparation
4: um yeah that's a good question i would say i would say i would call it more preparation because it's not like like my the routine and kind of the prep and everything the things that i do specifically that can kind of that's evolved and, and can always evolves i think over the years where there's there's not like one thing i'll feel like okay i have to do this this or this but but um like things get kind of interchanged or swapped out if uh, if I find there's a different way or a better way to do something, so I'm not married to it in that sense. But I do like the feeling of getting to the rink uh, early enough to get myself ready to go. So whatever that might consist of in a certain day. So um, there's different things sometimes you'll tinker with to see if it's a better way to do things or whatever. So it's not necessarily. Uh, so I, I don't know. That's that's a good good question. Like the 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 line of preparation versus uh, superstition, but I'd like to think it's more so on the preparation. end because I do notice a, a difference when I do that versus just kind of, if I were to like, just come and just, just lace some up and get out there. Like, I don't think I'd feel quite as good, or I know I wouldn't feel quite as good. Um, I think, uh, yeah, just getting yourself, I don't know if there's part of it as a mental thing when you're going through your routine, you're kind of slowly getting yourself in that, uh, mind frame or frame of mind to, uh, to kind of go out there and do your job and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I definitely enjoy uh, that process of uh, of figuring these things out.
3: It's interesting when you get to, you know, routine and you talk about things like superstition um, that I, you know, I think the one way you answered it makes me think that it's not just because you are adding new things. Like if something is thrown off, your whole night isn't thrown off because that routine didn't go exactly the way you wanted it, right?
4: Yeah, exactly. Like, again, there's different things. Like I, I like to have time to do a uh, a warm up and different, and, but again, that the warm up is kind of evolving over the course of years and seasons, and even sometimes month to month, depending on how I'm feeling or depending on some of the stuff um, that I'm finding, um, whatever I want, might want to work on, or something that's maybe uh, nagging me a little bit. So you, you kind of find that sweet spot and find things that work to address uh, certain issues. So I think that's been the good thing. I think I've had a lot of tools. Uh, to kind of look back on it because I've been able to learn from a lot of people, uh, really smart people in that in that sort of world and space that have um, been able to show me a lot of different things. And you kind of, sometimes you go back, it's funny how it works, where maybe you, if someone showed you something 10, 12 years ago, and uh, you're feeling a certain way and you go, maybe you have, you, you've you moved past that, but then you come back to it again, just because of a way you're, you're feeling and you think it might help in this certain scenario. So uh, again, that's why I'm lucky So I've been able to work with a lot of uh, really smart people uh, in in that space and um, definitely uh, has helped me a lot.
3: So you mentioned tools. I was told that you're one of those guys that carries a big backpack into the rink when you come in. I don't know if it's like a Brent Burns type backpack, but like what is in your backpack?
4: Yeah, so there's different stuff in there, maybe like different uh, vitamins, supplements, stuff like that. I've got my uh, coffee that I like to drink uh, in there, just this instant uh, coffee called King Coffee. Um, what else do I have in there? A couple of different like snacks I'll have in there. Um, Uh, a couple like recovery devices. Um, and then I'm trying to think like day to day, what else I have in there? That's the, that's the, that's
3: your briefcase though. Like that's like your, basically what what you're taking to work work every day.
4: Stuff that you're coming to to work with and, uh, who knows what you'll need and and things like that. So that's trying to think if there's any other good uh, tidbits in there that I have. That, that'd be the main stuff I would say that I just mentioned um and maybe a, yeah, a pair of headphones sometimes my my iPad in there for when we go on the road to watch some shows. but yeah, mostly just again stuff uh recovery related stuff or uh snacks, things like that. so a little bit a little bit of uh, a little bit of everything there
3: mm-hmm. you mentioned people that you've leaned on. so I want to paint a picture for anyone listening. uh James van Reemseke is twenty or twenty one. I'm in my first year covering the NHL. So I'm spending a lot of time in the Flyers locker room. And over in the one corner is James Van Riemsdyk next to Jody Shelley and Brian Boucher. (laughs) But I'm curious. So that was a lot of fun. But I'm curious, who else have you leaned on? Like, Who are some people that were big and instrumental in the start of your career player-wise that have really helped you along in your career?
4: Wow, well you said those two guys and those are definitely like that. I learned so much from those two guys and those two guys are great friends and those are two guys to this day that like I'll call from time to time to catch up and maybe pick their brain about if I'm going through something or how to handle a certain situation. So uh they're they were both great mentors to me early on, uh someone like Danny Briere, my first year in Philly, um Ian Perrier, Scott Hartnell. Um trying to think who else Aaron Asham was great. I mean, a lot of guys, my first year, Jeff Carter, Mike Richards, um, those guys were great. And then again, moving on to a place like Toronto, like I learned a lot from someone like, uh, uh, Dion Phaneuf, um, just kind of the way that he carried himself, uh, and that, that professionalism that, that he sort of had and, and things like that. And then, um, yeah, I would say for teammates wise, like, yeah, there's, I don't, I mean, there's so many, um, in that, uh, realm. So, um, you try to just pick up things along the way from guys like that. And, um, you know, definitely like the guys I mentioned at that, at the times when I started to play with them, had a lot of experience and have been, been playing for a long time. So you try to, uh, to learn things uh, from them when you can. And uh, a lot of that, a lot of that's just by watching them. Like they didn't even really have to say a whole lot, but uh, you're, for me, I'm a a, uh, curious in nature. So you're you're always kind of like wondering, okay, I wonder why he's doing a certain thing. And maybe you'll go ask him about that. And um, uh, prongs would be another one. I can't forget him because he was, he was great. I think, uh, he was part of the reason for the net front stuff that, uh, that I really kind of took, uh, took that on. I I remember him taking me out before practice, like, um, like pretty much right away and he'd be out there. He'd be absolutely wiring slappers at me. Uh, just then we'd just be tipping like a 50 to a hundred pucks before every practice out there. And, uh, again, obviously I've been able to kind of make a career, uh, that's been my bread and butter and my calling card. So I really kind of, uh, it didn't, you don't really realize it at the time, but he, he, like when you can kind of find your role or find your niche, I think it makes you so much more valuable, um, to a team. And I think that was, uh, again, there's a lot of good players that come into the league and you have to, it's about finding how you fit in, um, and, and finding a spot where you can really separate yourself, um, and, and help a team. And I think, um, I kind of fell into that by accident, just by 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 prongs. And then uh, Joey Mullen, after practice, he'd be – I mean, me and him, we'd shoot millions of pucks uh, in my first three years in Philly. So uh, just, uh, again, both those guys, uh, you don't realize it at the time, and and then all of a sudden you look back and it's like, wow, they really helped develop that part of my game and helped develop that into my routine. And I think that's something um, – that's a still a huge strength of, of my game and um, have a lot of confidence in that part of my game. So I uh, definitely uh owe it to, to to guys like that.
3: All right. So this is going to sound like a funny question, but knowing him you'll understand so when prongs <laughs> takes you out there to to work on that. Is that practice yeah. actually for him or for you?
4: You know what? Looking a good question because that's his, but that's obviously his spot too on the power play, getting pucks through and uh, things like that. But uh uh i would think it was for maybe is the way that he would kind of talk about it uh going out there i I think it was maybe maybe a combination but definitely i think i think he wanted to show me how to work too as far as uh again everyone works hard in the sense of when they're out there going going to practice things like that when you're in the gym but it's like most people don't know how to work as far as like what are the details that are going to translate to your game so like you can go out there and whatever, everyone like shoot a million pucks, but like, OK, like how many times in a game are you going to get to shoot a puck or whatever, like these certain skills? So I think it's about finding those uh, kind of bigger rocks to to start to, to work at in the sense of those where, where they're really going to translate uh, to your game. So that's definitely something over the years where it was started with maybe something like that. Um, and now how I approach the game in the summer, that's kind of the stuff that I really try to try to work on where like, uh, again, picking pucks up off the wall or handling, uh, handling pucks, uh, on, on your backhand or making backhand plays or, uh, being able to get the puck under control as soon as you can, um, from one side of your body to the other and kind of how the footwork works into that and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think uh, just getting someone to show you, uh, again following the the lead of some of these older guys i think is and obviously i've been able to dive into some of these things a little bit further along the way but i think really having them show show you how to work in that sense and it takes again, it's not just going out for practice not just doing the stuff that kind of uh we we all do together there's more that you got to dive into uh on your own to to really help yourself grow as a player and you have to figure out um again what that might look like for for yourself
3: How much hockey do you watch?
4: Not as much now with, uh, with the kids because, uh, that's human nature. We're pretty wiped. Um, I watch a lot of my own, my own stuff still. Like obviously a lot of, a lot of video of that. I watch my brother's games a lot. Um, and so, and again, when I'm on the road, I'll watch a little bit more and, and then going home seeing the, obviously, uh, a lot of playoff hockey and stuff too. But, uh, yeah i used to always probably have it on every every single night at home and now it's sometimes uh, stuff with the kids uh gets in the way but i i do love love to watch the game and love to watch different players and how they approach different uh situations and different skills uh they might have that i want to try to um learn for myself so that's something that i think uh, again whenever you get that chance i think that's 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 uh that's a, b- a big part of helping to improve is just just watching other guys, seeing how they do certain things, seeing what you can kind of uh, maybe steal from them. So I think um, again, that's that's the, that's the great part. Like I mentioned before, like a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of good good players or talented people in whatever field they may be leave clues of their success and uh, what kind of works for them. And there's different things that you can try to look at to how you can apply it to yourself.
3: All right, you got to take me inside the brother dynamic. So Trevor signs a big extension this past week with the Washington Capitals, yep. your brother, Brendan has been grinding it out. Obviously a division one player is playing in the ECHL this season. What's, what's the family group chat like?
4: Yeah. So, uh, with uh, obviously, as you can imagine, a lot of hockey stuff, uh, we're a big, big hockey family. And, in, in that sense, our parents love it. Um, my dad was uh, just on the father's trip, uh, with those guys. So I was hearing a lot of great stories, uh, from them about that and uh it's, it's cool how, how again obviously now this is my 14th year so um my dad's crossed paths with a few of the dads along the way so again to for him to reconnect with uh different dads at different times is, is pretty cool to hear so i think he was really pumped uh to see connor brown's uh dad there and uh, they caught up and we were talking about some of the times they had on the, some of the toronto father's trips um and stuff like that but uh yeah to see trevor um signed that deal i thought was he's been having a a great year i think he's been a pretty underrated borderline underappreciated player for a lot of his career so to kind of see him get rewarded with a contract there um and and it just seems like they've been a great fit for him with how his style of play and how he plays and um and how their team wants to play so that was a super uh super great to see. And, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be off the, uh, the older brother scholarship now. So, uh, for good. So <laughs> now they had to take him up on, uh, on some, uh, some, some different stuff for that. So, uh, no, uh, it's, uh, it was really proud to see that. And then my youngest brother now he's, uh, he actually just, uh, moved on from playing and now he's, uh, working back at the uh, Red Bank Armory where we, uh, where we grew up, uh, like 10 minutes from where we grew up and he's doing stuff there with their hockey program. And he's going to be coaching, um, a couple of uh, youth teams. I think uh, the Pee Wee uh Tier One team and and the Bantam, Um, I think he's helping out with that one, but I think the Pee Wee team is going to be his team. So, um, so yeah, it's exciting stuff. Like I said, we love love hockey and love to learn about the game. And and again, in the summers, it's always fun. When we're able to be together and train and um skate together and stuff like that and bounce bounce things off each other and different things that we're working at and uh, different things that. Again, for me, since I'm, I'm the oldest, I think with with some of my experiences, I've been able to maybe point them in the right direction with different things. I think might be able to help them um, help them improve their game and uh, work at their game and stuff like that. So uh, so that's kind of been a cool uh, cool dynamic uh, to to see uh, evolve uh, over the years.
3: I just feel bad for Brendan. I don't know if he's like, is he Cooper Manning, the the brother that just couldn't talented player couldn't quite make it to the NHL do you guys give him a hard time or what
4: no you know what I think um with again as we know for certain things like sometimes uh there's different situational stuff that uh comes into play like again his like with uh with him like he's super talented player super smart player things like that um so uh a lot so, yeah. needs
3: to happen to make it really, a lot needs to go that... right
4: for you too like again there's different things along the way that need to go right and it is again like we, we know how crazy it is for two brothers from one family to to play in the NHL, especially for as long as we have. So it's, it's not an easy thing. And uh, like I mentioned before, like there's a, there's a situational aspect to that where there's uh, you have to have the right, be in the right uh, along the way too. Right. You have to be where maybe coaches see a certain thing in you that they like about you and think it fits into what they're trying to do. And, uh, um, they find a the right role and spot for you and you're able to flourish and able to keep climbing up the ladder and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, I think he's uh, had some l- great uh, learning experiences over the course of uh, um, his career. And again, we're, we're super proud of him, as, especially in the sense for him uh, as a senior in high school was uh, diagnosed with uh, with CF. So to see him try to manage all that um, behind the scenes going through his career, like obviously really proud of just everything that he does just to deal with that and to, to manage that um, and to play hockey at a high level and uh, stuff like that. So um, so yeah, we're, we're definitely proud of him and all he's accomplished. And, I, and I'm excited actually to see, um, what he's able to do with his kind of next phase of his, uh, of his, uh, life slash career with now he's getting kind of more into the coaching and, uh, mentoring and, and stuff like that. And I think there's lots of uh, value he'll be able to bring, uh, especially again, in us, all three of us coming up through the Jersey hockey ranks and him now being there, I think, uh, he'll have a lot of, uh, good input uh, and thinks that that he can help a lot of uh, players coming up the ranks with there. So I know that's something he's really passionate about. um, And I'm excited to see how he's able to kind of make his mark uh, with some of that. Mm -hmm.
3: Um, Last one, before we get to rapid fire, you're a proud American. You just mentioned New Jersey. Uh, You spend a lot of your summer as well in Minnesota. Um, There's you love playing in Toronto for the Maple Leafs. And there's been lots of talk. One of the real hot button topics in Canada, the last, you know, going back to last off season was, are we going to see fewer American players want to play in Canada moving forward? What do you make of that question? And, and, um, and really just kind of take me through your time there quickly. And is, was that more of a pandemic thing? Or do you think that's going to be a trend moving forward?
4: Yeah, you know, that's a good question. For for me, like, I grew up, uh, I've for the Rangers, written for the New York Yankees. Uh, so like, I just kind of thought that was like professional sports. So like you kind of, that's like the attention that teams like that get to get. And then you go to a place um, like Toronto and that's obviously even more magnified. So I, I kind of, I, I thrived on it. I I love that aspect of it. I, I think probably certain personality types, it may not be for everyone, but that sort of um, intensity and um, excitement that you get around the team, I think that brings out the best in me. And I think it's, again, that's, that's how you, that's the environment that you want to play in. I think uh, as a player, at least I, I did. Um, and I do. And I think, um, yeah, that uh, just the, just th- thinking back to some of those moments over, obviously some, some tough losses in the playoffs that we had there over, uh, over the, over my, uh, my six years there. And, um, but, but no, I think I loved every minute of playing there. I got treated really well by uh by the, by the city of Toronto. And, the again, you can't even just call it the fans of Toronto just because again, everywhere we would go, it seemed like we'd have uh pretty much, uh, a, a home crowd, even if we were on the road. So, uh, but no, like, even to this day, like the, the people that approach me, wherever I may be, like, it's, it's funny. I play, played a little, obviously more time here in Philly, but I think, I think I get recognized a little more for, uh, being a Maple Leaf, whether it's walking around different places or wherever I might be, uh, um, and and different situations so uh so i definitely i love that uh that time of my career and uh wouldn't trade that for anything that was uh that was awesome so um, yeah.
3: yeah it's interesting it's just not for everyone so we'll see what happens yeah, there Yeah,
4: exactly some uh yeah i don't know I, like i said i think maybe me growing up um being fans of the new york teams and you kind of see like in the it's every year with the yankees it was uh that same sort of pressure of uh uh sort of like like World Series or boss and the pressure and the, and like they lose a few games in a row people are kind of getting on them a little bit and uh people are just care so much about that I think that really kind of helped me for going to Toronto and like being able to manage because again it, the the highs can be way higher there and the lows can be way lower if you're not ready to to manage uh some of that so I think um again growing up in that environment of uh even I've been just being a fan of the Yankees and kind of I remember again, when I got traded, uh, to, to the Leafs, uh, one of the first calls I got was from Jody Shelley. He's like, you're going, you're going to the Yankees of, uh, the NHL. So, um, enjoy oh. it. And again, I think just knowing that going into it, it, was, uh, kept me in a good headspace, uh, as far as that. And, uh, again, I was just ready for it. And I think I thrived under that excitement and it, and it really demands you to, um, to bring the best out of yourself. And, um, Yeah, I think I I obviously, again, I love put a lot of time into it and love what I do. And uh, it's nice to see that uh, that people appreciate that as much as they did uh, up there. And uh, they again, all the little maybe subtleties of the game that uh, that they they, that were appreciated and things like that. And that's obviously a hockey mad city and country. And uh, it was it was, again, a a huge uh, thrill to play up there.
3: All right. Let's play a little rapid fire. First thing that comes to mind when you hear the question. Yeah. You've worked with Adam Oates for a long time. What is the u- most unique or strangest thing that you guys have focused on or tweaked in your game?
4: Wow. Um, unique. I would say posture. That's the big thing uh, for him. So just being in the correct posture for the correct situation um, of the game.
3: And, and when you say posture, do you mean positioning or do you mean like actually like how upright or, you know, you're standing when you're skating?
4: Um, uh, the second part, like kind of like what shape you're in, um, for what part of the ice or what play you're trying to make or what scenario that you're in. Um, I would say that's a definitely one where like when he, when we first started talking about that, I think people look at him like, what are you talking about like what do you mean and then you kind of go and that that one of the great things about him is that he's like you could ask him why like 15 times in a row and he'll have the exact answer for why he sees it a certain way and what like like there's a there's a very meticulous um thought process that goes into these certain things and um uh and I think he's really good at identifying that for for guys to help them kind of hone in on improving things because he sees them in such in such a uh, clear detail
3: what is the best power play you've ever played on who was on it and why
4: best power play i ever played on wow um at my last two years in toronto i think we were first uh in the league um it was uh mitch on his downhill flank i was in front Nas was in the um the diamond spot bozi was on uh the the weak side flank and morgan riley was up top and I think we, just five smart players, um, we, were, we were all in, again, spots I think that we were comfortable in and wanted to play in and as far as, uh, again, so, sometimes you might be in on, on certain scenarios where a guy wants to play a different spot and maybe isn't happy playing a certain spot. But I think we all realized that the spots that we were in were the spots that maximized our talents and we would be have the most success at. So I think... That was key as far as uh, buying into us being a really good five-man unit.
3: So you're a bit of a power play savant. When you think about you know, all of the power plays in the league, how many of them do you think you could correctly name which hand stick the player on each power play plays with?
4: Oh, I, I mean, I would think every guy has to know what hand every guy in the league shoots, right?
3: I See, I would call bullshit <laughs> on that, and I would say most don't.
4: Uh, Yeah, I would say I. I I mean, yeah, I would. I could. If you ask me, pretty much any guy, I would say I would. I would know. If you're gonna put me on the spot, I mean, hopefully I get it. But no, that
3: that's but uh, that the point was most people I don't think could. They they could if they thought about it long enough they might be able to. But you could probably go rapid. Yeah,
4: you got to know. I think that's a key thing, and I think um, even for like even knowing like on the ice like what hand everyone is that's on the ice with you is important because it just. The different passing lanes that are available, the different angles that you have to get to to make a pass, um, change a little bit depending on the hand. Um, And then obviously things like one timers and stuff like that, where it gives the goalie an extra split second to get across if, if the guy's not the correct handedness in a certain spot of the ice where you're trying to make a play, then it might change your mind about what play you might try to make.
3: So is that something you study or you just instinctually know and you are processing on the fly?
4: Um, I think it's maybe a, you understand, like, the, when you start to understand that that's a big part of it. Because like, again, like when you look at even stuff for for, um, obviously, we talk about a lot of the big one timers in in the league, and a lot of them are right handed shots. And a lot of that is too, because again, if you look at the a lot of the goalies catch with their left hand. So when they're going over with their blocker, it's harder for them to to get up there with their blocker than it would be coming over with their glove. So that's why we, I think again you see a lot more goals goal scores with uh with the one timers who are right handed shots versus left handed shots I think even looking back past the past generations I think a lot of that is true to be, uh the same as far as even going to guys like Brett Hall and things like that I probably other guys that I'm forgetting about but nowadays you think about you got Ov you got over there you got um, Cage Thompson now Stamkos has been doing it forever Pasternak um guys like that so again it's there's some different they obviously again them being on the right and being a right shot on that side of the ice and having a goalie sliding over that's on their blocker obviously they're all that that i think that play is more available on that side because of
3: that what is your favorite guilty pleasure food
4: Favorite guilty pleasure food. Um, I would say pizza, being a, being a Jersey guy, uh, pizza, a lot of good, uh, kind of mom and pop, uh, pizza shops, uh, in the great state of Jersey. So, uh, so yeah, I'll go with, uh, a, a nice, uh, nice pizza.
3: That was my guess. Um, favorite thing to do, favorite activity outside of hockey,
4: uh, favorite activity outside of hockey tennis. So I, I play a lot of tennis in the summer. Now it's a little bit of pickleball and stuff too. So I get out there with, uh, with Brock Nelson uh, every so often, Justin Hall would be probably my most common, um, opponent in the summer, Jake Gardner every once in a while. So there's uh, quite a few guys out in Minnesota that, uh, that like to play and, uh, yeah, we get, uh, get a couple of good uh, matches going.
3: And in 10 years from now, whenever you have gotten a chance to move on from playing and you're beginning to form the next iteration of your career in life. What is James Van Riemsdyk going to be doing? Are you going to be working in hockey?
4: Wow. Um, I always think I'll be involved in the game in, in some capacity. I think uh, again, like I mentioned before, like I, I love the game. I love the, the kind of nitty gritty stuff of the game. I love trying to figure things out um, when it comes to the game and um, just finding ways to improve. And I think um, just, being that sponge over the course of uh, my career, I think um, um, that's definitely taught me a lot lot of things. I've learned a lot of things and I think I've got some unique insights in that sense. So I think I can definitely, um, whatever that might look like down the road, I think just learning all those things and loving learning those things. And I know there's obviously a lot more things that I probably could learn about in regards to the game. Um, So I think it's going to naturally draw me to be, involved in the game in uh and in, in whatever way shape or form that might be i don't i don't know what that would look like i haven't given it too much uh thought in that respect yet but uh I, i'm sure i'll be involved uh, in some way
3: you can tell just talking to you james the love of the game is strong thank you so much for your time thank you man i was so tempted to ask him uh, put him on the spot with a pop quiz of some of the guys in the league left or right-handed that's the way your mind thinks when you're a player at that level. The way he was talking about just, you know, one timers and passing lanes and knowing what every guy on your team on the ice, what the hand of their stick is, makes such a big difference. Just a little detail of the game for a guy that has a lot of details in his arsenal, as he talked about in terms of recovery, recovery preparation all those different things a big reason why he's closing in on 1000 career NHL games thanks to James Van Rumsdijk. thanks to our friends at Proline Plus i need to tell you that uh frankly speaking is presented by Proline Plus not just another sports book ProLine Plus is the only sports book that gives 100% of its profits back to Ontario. ProLine has been your local trusted sports book for over 30 years, now offering Ontario sports fans more ways to play in-store, online, or take the game on the go with the ProLine app with your favorite sports and events right at your fingertips. Download the ProLine app and bet in-app with ProLine Plus today or head over to ProLinePlus.ca to learn more.
0: Because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear. And you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight